This is the Civics Lab at St. Edwards University, sponsored by a grant from the Hatton Sumner's Foundation. Stop relying so much on social media, because yeah. honestly, some of the social media that we get is the problem that we're having, because they're putting lies out, not the truth. So we need to get away from that type of stuff and get back to the way we used to be. This week, the Civics Lab explores the causes for why the media contributes to inflaming our political divide. We discuss our group's solutions from an article we wrote for the Dallas Morning News Sunday edition. The public reaction to this article included well over 150 comments on digital media and ran a full spectrum of informed to outright venomous responses. Listen to our reaction and assessment in this week's episode of The Civics Lab. So our purpose in the article is really twofold. First of all, we wanted to go to small town Texas and listen to people in areas where we're often not included in the conversation. And then the second point is we really wanted to make the separation between the people and the voices of the people and the thoughts of the people from the actions and words of President Trump. We think that's important. It's important to make that distinction between the two. So the result of that is that when the article was published on Sunday, there have been well over 100 comments on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media locations of reactions from the readers of the Dallas Morning News. And we thought it would be interesting today to have a conversation about the reaction that the Dallas Morning News readers have had on the article that we published. So I wanted to open it up to the Civics Lab today and to hear from our group about some of the comments they found interesting. Someone basically said that these people don't deserve a seat at the table because they're uneducated. And I just have to say that that is a grotesque characterization. And if you would listen to the interviews, you'd see that these people are actually highly intelligent. Having a seat at the table allows for people to become educated. And I think that that would be a huge factor in uniting instead of dividing. And I think that that should be our goal moving forward. Something I found particularly interesting was the difference between how people um, responded in the actual interviews in Lano versus how they responded in the Facebook comments. Uh, listening to the interviews, you hear people who are, you know, speaking their mind, forming their opinions, and it's not coming from a pace of hate. They are talking about their communities and wanting to protect their families. And then you read the Facebook comments on the uh, op-ed piece that we posted. And uh, on all sides, it's just bickering. It's hateful. There was one comment where um, a woman was just saying that she thought it'd be interesting if instead of the electoral college being a winner take all system, if it was proportional representation, if she said, for example, 46% of Texans voted for Biden and 52% voted for Trump. So a more fair way to allocate the vote would be 52% of Texas elect, uh, electoral votes going to Trump and the rest going to Biden. And I just thought, you know, that was just her opinion, her stating um, what she thought uh, improvement to our electoral system could be. And the responses to her were just horrible. It was name calling, 
saying that she was not respecting the constitution. And so, yeah, just, I think social media and how when you're behind a screen and perhaps your account isn't really who you are, you are so much more likely to be divisive and to exude hate when people don't act like that in real life. You know, I think we could all agree that a majority of Republicans see through Trump's rhetoric and, you know, outlandish actions and in, in the statements that he says. Um, and they support, you know, what actually affects them. They support his economic policy. They, they, uh, they support, you know, their 401k, the stock market, you know, whatever it may be that actually affects them day to day life and not necessarily uh, what's the latest thing he's saying in the news. And so, I mean, I, I'm at a crossroads because I don't know if that's better or if that's worse. You know, I think there's a twofold, there's, you know, two sides of the same coin where, you know, is it better that see, that people are actually seeing through the lies and, and, and seeing through the banter and the, 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 the rhetoric that he puts out there for, for the media attention um, and, and are focusing on his policy and what affects them? Or is it kind of bad that they're doing that because they're not acknowledging the moral and the ethical side to, to the rhetoric and, and to what he's saying that actually affects and hurt, hurts people, even if it's not affecting them? If President Obama would have had even half of the scandals or accusations that Donald Trump had, and if it, and you know, let's say everyone's four hundred and K was still doing fine, do you think that these people would be supporting him if their four hundred and K was doing fine? And I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm saying is that there's a different standard to Donald Trump. In fact, one of the things that that I, that I think is interesting is that we didn't select the photo of this this uh, article um, and the article is about coming together and joining together and you would think that the dallas morning news would have placed a photo of people trying to work together you know compromise looking at uh, you know solutions some photo that kind of captures that but instead the photo that they placed in the article is a truck with a lot of trump flags flying out the back of it and the and the and the title of the article is "Democracy Requires Listening to One Another." Well, if I open up the paper, my immediate reaction to that is, I'm not listening to people that are driving around in my face with a Trump flag, with a Trump train, and I'm just and immediately it's inflammatory. You know, they want to increase traffic to the post. They want to increase traffic to the site. They want more people to see the post rather than actually read the content. Uh, I'm looking at one Twitter comment where, you know, this person is saying, is the contention here in the article that people riding around with Trump flags aren't being heard because that's not the case. We hear them all the time. And so, I mean, whether he, whether they read the article or not, I mean, I don't know, but they're clearly reacting to the photo, which I think is, is the primary purpose that the Dallas Morning News wanted. Listen to this comment. This comment, this person says, democracy requires a non-corrupt and unbiased media. We don't have that in the U.S. anymore. The last four years of the ruinous propaganda that, quote, journalists, including the Dallas Morning News, have spewed on us disqualifies any notion that they are an essential check and balance for democracy. And isn't this the case? Aren't they essentially placing an inflammatory photo in front of what is supposed to be an article about joining together. Isn't the photo proving the point of that poster and others that the media are just 
spewing intentional division so they can make more money. There's a corporation behind the Dallas Morning News, behind any of these media conglomerates. We have to acknowledge that, I mean, the media's role has changed. The government was intended to serve the people in the United States. The media was supposed to provide the people with information to hold elected officials accountable. And now with the internet, you want to get more people to click. And that picture got clicks. The profit-driven model of the media just doesn't really make sense at all in the digital age. And I'm not saying like the government should be the arbiter of news because obviously that is horrible and leads to corruption and whatnot. But what we're doing right now isn't working. Period where we've got an unlimited amount of information that's flowing in all different directions on social media and all different outlets. I mean, this is the, the age of the free market in the media, one could argue you know, where there's an unlimited number of outlets that you can pick and choose from. But at the same time, there are very few traditional media outlets that are um, independent of one another. And you have this continued consolidation of media under an umbrella of two or three main uh, corporate entities. So small town papers, for example, are being bought by larger corporations that are being bought by larger corporations and basically the, the, the information that's being distributed is, is, um, is really generic. It's, it's very homogenous in its uh, uh, design. So a story that you read in the USA Today, you may also see in a local newspaper today. And in, in some ways we could argue that, that if we still had those independent local newspapers in place where we had independent reporters looking at issues on the local level that they could go in and talk to the local editor about, Hey, this story was not what we, we said at the city council meeting. We said this, you didn't print that. You're not getting that anymore. Local newspapers are closing left and right, or they're being consolidated in regional areas. And then they're picking up the, the, the national and statewide stories and then just reprinting them. There's no local flavor to the media. So that really, to me, raises the question of, you know, how do they bring value? And they bring value by, by um, something really different. They have to differentiate themselves. So they put inflammatory, um, inflammatory stories designed to sell their paper or designed to sell their media outlet better. How the media right now is a free market in a sense. Um, I think the only way to keep media accountable today with, with how it operates online and, and how it operates with the internet is if, if people come to a consensus, to an agreement that this one specific news outlet is fake news and they're spewing all sorts of nonsense and that they're not accountable and that they're going haywire, then just stop reading. Stop, stop clicking on the posts and, and stop going to them. Stop giving them your attention. Generally, people consume media that reinforces what they already believe. So it's part of the, um, the business of media that they're trapped. They're trapped in a, in a buyer. Their buyer is telling them, stay conservative if they don't maintain that position or stay, stay liberal. And if they don't, then the buyer is going to move on to another product. And that product may not be valid. That product may be fake news. That product may be that, that they're moving towards may be propaganda. Just because you don't like something doesn't make it conservative or liberal. That, that's true. Everyone should be heard. And I think, but I think there is an argument 
or there's, you know, a question rather to pose that how are people, because I, I mean, I, going up to the election, I saw tons of posts where people said, you know, primarily, you know, Democratic, you know, liberals, um, people on the left saying, yes, we can be friends. And yes, I can agree with you. But if you are voting for President Trump, then you are voting against me being a Latino versus me being part of the LGBTQ community. Me, uh, you know, you're voting against women's reproductive rights. You're voting. And then how are we supposed to stay friends if you're voting against all the things that I stand for? What he said is that the media is our enemy. It knows when and how to stir the pot to cause more divisiveness. And although we would like to have this perception that the media is an unbiased filter of information, it's not the enemy. It's the voice of the very people that it's hearing from. It's consumer. So I would say, let's turn it back on. <laughs> I'd say, let's turn it back on the people that live in the United States right now. The, the people of the United States need to listen to themselves and listen to their comments on places like this that, uh, that, have, that have gone from let's work together, the article starts with, and then turns into name calling and dividing and uh, a competition of loud, of loudness. You know, let's, uh, let's end it on that. So the, uh, the, next, the next episode, you know, some comments were made. Hey, y'all talked a lot about Trump supporters here. What about the what about the liberal side of this? What, what about the voices of people that were for the last four years the resistance against the Trump administration? What where are those voices in this article? Why do we continue to hear a defense of of uh, the Trump supporters? Isn't it time that we hear from the side of the liberal side? And so we're going to dive into that a little in the in the next few weeks. Thank you for listening. What do you think? How can we distinguish fact, fiction, and media inflammation for profit gain? React on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at The Civics Lab. Join us in our next episode as we interview elected officials about this year's election and what steps they are taking to protect the integrity of the process. From The Civics Lab at St. Edwards University, I'm Dr. David Thomason, and we will talk to you soon.